out here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Pissing our pants yet? Boy, do I have a feeling we're getting close. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I loved the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Hi, I'm producer Dave, and I've seen the Guardians of the Galaxy um, Christmas <laughs> special as well. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> um, but Ooh. Um, I, I wouldn't say I loved it. I, it was um, enjoyable, enjoyable nonsense as far as I was concerned. Um, enjoyable nonsense. Enjoyable nonsense is a good way of looking it, at it. Was, okay. It was, it was, it was, uh, you could pass the time, but it's not something I would go back and watch again, to be quite honest. I mean, the, the one thing about this time of year is that. Uh, all these uh, content producers for TV and, and sometimes radio as well, they think that it's it's silly season. And for me, there are some good spots in there, but uh, yeah, it, it was shrouded with a lot of uh, silliness. All right, fair enough. I mean, okay. I here's the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Let's no, you, that's good. Let's talk about it now, and then we'll, we'll talk about what we're going to be talking about a number of stuff in, in the episode in a few seconds. So, starting off with Guardians of the Galaxy, we'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Then we'll go into our film and TV news in a few minutes, and we'll talk about The Walking Dead, which is just wrapped completely in on Disney Plus. We'll talk about that, and then our spotlight this week. Um, we'll be talking about the most popular on Apple TV. They have a list. We'll talk about that. We'll go through the list and talk about a little bit about some of the episodes on there. But let's get back to Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So I, I'll start off by saying that anything Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm already in. Right. If James Gunn is behind it, if you've got the original cast behind it, to be honest, you don't even have to have the original cast. It just has to be done well, and I'll give it a lot of goodwill. The reason why I say it doesn't have to have the original cast is because PlayStation on, on the PS5, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I was I was weary about, but I got it a while ago. I wanted to check it out. And the banter on there, it's it's not it, I don't think James Gunn has anything to do with it. Um, none of the original cast are in it, uh, but the, it's still the same characters. They do it very well. It's fantastic. So anything Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm in. This one, the holiday special, kind of take doing the homage to Star Wars specials back in like the 70s, where there's a not many people know about it, but there's a there's a hidden tape somewhere you'll find it on YouTube or whatever, where um, this came out just after A New Hope, so the very first um, Star Wars movie, and then they do a holiday special where 
if I remember correctly, Han Solo and Chewbacca have to get back to the Wookiee planet um, in time for the Wookiee version of Christmas. Um, and a lot of people laugh and joke about it and how, you know, naff it is and whatnot, but it's gone down in legend. And so obviously Guardians of the Galaxy doing the same kind of thing. Just a quick synopsis of it is you have the, the Guardians, you have it, it, this, this is post end game. In fact, it's even it's post right. Um, um, sorry, post Love and Thunder actually. So it's post um, for Love and Thunder. You have the Guardians in nowhere, and I, I won't go into too much of that. Uh, but it, it's essentially uh, they're looking for Gamora at the same time, but it's around Christmas, and so some of the members of the Guardians decide they want to cheer Peter Quill, aka Star Lord, up by finding or giving him the perfect Christmas present. And um, I, I don't know. I don't even want to say what the Christmas present is because that is part of the charm of it. So I'm going to leave that as it is. If you see the trailer, it spoils it. <laughs> you know, it tells yes, you what the Christmas is. And, and that's the thing. And I, I, I don't even know why, because I avoided the trailer, uh, but then I caught it by accident. And I was like, you know what? It, it's great. I mean, I mean, 100%. They go to get Kevin Bacon for him. That's basically what the present is. They go to get Kevin Bacon for him. Uh, and it is, it, I really enjoyed it. So like I'm saying, like I started, um, I was going to be partial to it anyway. I was going to love Guardians of the Galaxy anyway. And it came in and it rocked for me. I really enjoyed it. But when we were texting straight afterwards and you didn't, you weren't as blown away by it. No, please. No, no, no. Like I said before, you know, um, this time of year, you get a lot of romantics and uh, rom coms and all that stuff that's so sweet and and kind of like saccharine. And this wasn't sweet and saccharine in some respects, but it was, there there was a, a lot of silliness. And I thought, oh gosh, no, please, can you just do something? You know, there needed to be something solid there for me, and there wasn't, if you see what I mean, that I could... could sure. Well, there, there, there was something there that came right at the end, and I'm not going to spoil that. But, um, uh, you know, it, it was just a little bit sort of like, you know, and I, I can't even put it into words, to be quite honest. I didn't like the fact that you didn't see that much of Star-Lord um, in yes, thing. okay. He, you yeah, didn't see that much of driving force. Yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. see very much of Star Lord. I did like the interplay between uh, Drax and uh, Mantis. That was yeah. funny, uh, particularly when when they went to the um, the club. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, okay. So my my favorite bit of it is the is the bit just before the club bit, which is basically them walking on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That for me, I was like, I'm in, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm there 100% for this movie, it's great. I personally I, I personally think it's great. And I do see your point. If I were trying to be objective, I agree with you. It's not, it, it's not mind blowing. It's not A++++. Um, it is, uh, it's just, it's a switch off, get the popcorn, have the Christmas lights on, have Christmas music playing in the background and just kick your feet up and enjoy. That's how I look at it, right? I'm happy. I'm going to watch it again on Christmas Day with the kids. That's basically what I'm uh, definitely going to do. That. The, the thing because I definitely I have this, 
I definitely, 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 definitely enjoyed was band was the band, the two songs. Yes, yes, the band, the band. The, there's a band in it. Again, we're not going to go into too much detail, but yes, there's a band, and they do it, it very well. They start the opening credits, and it's it's great. It, I really enjoyed it. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And let's jump straight into film and TV news. So, for film and TV news, one of the things I want to focus on is The Walking Dead. Producer Dave, have you watched any episode of The Walking Dead? I, like I said before, I started watching it when it was on uh, terrestrial TV, and when they started moving the times, I, I, I got lost. Um, I've kept up with kind of the storyline, so I know roughly what goes on up to a point, but um, yeah, I, I just lost it. And now I've, I've found, because I've got Disney Plus at the moment <clears throat> for a short time, and uh, I found that it's there. Yes, it is, because obviously Disney purchased Fox and 20th Century Fox and whatnot, and so they've got all of their back catalogs or everything, movies, TV shows, everything, on a little segment of Disney Plus called Star. So if you want to watch tons of TV shows, like The Shield, for example, is on Disney Plus, on that star element. Obviously, it's age-rated and whatnot, so you have to go in there and, you know, if you're setting it up, you have to set it for the age rating to be able to watch stuff like that. But Walking Dead, you're right, it is on there. Now, if you've been living under a rock for the last 12 years, The Walking Dead is a TV series it was based off or based on a graphic novel of the same name, The Walking Dead, a legendary graphic uh, graphic novel about zombies, so like zombie apocalypse. And the show and the graphic novel focus, starts off and focuses on uh, this uh, chef, this uh, sheriff, this deputy sheriff called Rick Grimes, who is shot in in the course of duty, and he goes into a coma and he wakes up to find that the world pretty much has ended. It's like he gets up in the hospital and it's all deserted. There's chaos everywhere. There's blood and messages and destruction everywhere. And he goes outside to find zombies crawling, creeping towards him. We're talking the, the good old um, Romero zombies, you know, not the 28 days later, which funnily enough, it is a nice kind of like call, that opening scene or opening, not opening scene, sorry, that, that scene in the first episode, which is where, where where the main character wakes up in hospital, is kind of reminiscent, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think Triffins. 28 Days Later, I think they based it on 28 Days Later as well. Um, so, because I think 28 Days Later comes first before the Walking Dead graphic novel and, and series, because it's literally, it's almost, it's an homage to it, is where the main character is walking through a hospital in his hospital gown, and there's nobody there. Same thing as walking in the streets. Anyway, that's what the show is about. If I may interrupt here, if you watch that scene again, you'll see that basically it is exactly the same, or virtually, it's like take for take, 
the same as Day of the Triffids, um, where the guy oh, okay. goes into yes. hospital, you're right, you're right. wakes up, and the hospital is deserted, blah, 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 and he walks out and finds the world has changed. So from that standpoint, I, I, I bought into it because it reminded me so much of Day of the Triffids, which is a, a film I really like. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think 28 Days Later actually used that as... Uh, as their as their inspiration, so they use Day of the Triffids, and you're right. The, you know the walking through the deserted city, um, so that is is Day of the Triffids. I mean, you've got all those apocalyptic shows like uh, shows and films and whatnot, like um, I am not I am Legend, but yeah, I am Legend. What I am Legend was based on and so on. Um, Omega Man, that's it. Mm. So you've got those kind of elements of, of you know destruction is happening, people are walking through empty cities and whatnot. But you're right. So Dare the Triffids inspired the opening of uh, 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later inspired the opening or the first episode of The Walking Dead. Anyway, so The Walking Dead, after 12 years, obviously focused on these, on a few desperate characters who are living in this world where zombies exist. And they went on for 11 seasons and it is recently finished. The finale uh, was um, uh, it was really a couple of weeks ago, maybe yeah, about a couple of weeks ago, but it's all on Disney Plus. So you can go and catch Disney Plus. You said that you've been watching a few episodes when it was on Terrestrial TV and you lost interest. Is that correct? I didn't say I lost interest. I, lo I lost the plot because they kept on moving okay. it around on the schedules. You know, one week it was at 10 and the next week it was at 11.30. And, you know, it was just like, you can't always keep up with something when you miss keep missing episodes. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and it went on FX and that's where I was watching it on FX. And I, I was hooked from beginning. I was one of those people who even when it, it started getting to a certain point, some lulls in the season and the show, I would be, I was a, a staunch advocate for the show. I'd be like, no, just hold on, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. Got through season four. We got to season four and season four was just a banger of a season. And it's because they're moving from one place to the next. Um, and, you know, each season is kind of based in one community that they'd be in and so on. And they, the cast started, was just getting larger and larger of all of these different people that you're like, really love to follow their story and find out more about them and then they get bitten and then they die and you're like what no uh and th the show was that good um and then it got to about season there was oh there was season eight where's the introduction of negan and, and the saviors and jeffrey dean morgan steps in to play negan and this guy is going to rank as top 50 best characters of all time. Jeffrey Dean Morgan just smashes it, smashes this character, Negan. He's the leader of this group of uh, people called the Saviors. Again, you follow the story, you'll understand what, what it is because obviously it's post-apocalyptic world. You have people in different camps and different groups and we are following the main group of people. They, they never really have a, they don't name themselves, although they name themselves after like the places that they want to stay in and so on. Um, it's only when they get to meet other kind of people like the like the, the like I just said, like the uh, the saviors or I think there's one called the walk, the walkers and so on and so forth. They're different types of groups of people that at first you meet them and you think they're nice or they're not or they may turn or it's the other way around where you think they're vicious and there's, you know, bad people. But then there's another twist and so on. And it's it's such it went up to season eight, loved season eight carried on season nine got a little bit 
depressing, uh, mainly because of the situation the main characters were in. But you rode through that and you're like, okay, that's fine. Now you get back to the point where they're going to come back. They're going to do the fight back and whatnot. We get to season 10. And it's from season 10 that a lot of people started to lose the interest. They started going, no, uh -uh, this show is terrible. And I found I struggled to defend the show at that point. And that's around the same time COVID hit. Um, and so, but the, and the thing about the show is, you know, hundreds of people walking together you have all these extras in like hot you know like really gunky zombie type makeup so obviously it was a lot harder for them to do the show but they still did it but the way they did it kind of affected the story a little bit more because they did a lot of the episodes which were going to be like you know lockdown episodes if you if you know what i mean so obviously they don't have covid in the, the world of The Walking Dead, but they had to do episodes where it's like one or two characters in a cabin talking about stuff with a couple of zombies popping up here and there. And while that might be good to be able to develop some characters, it, it started to drag and it started to drain. And again, as you said, where they started playing around with when it's going to be showing. Oh, it's going to show this time. Now it's going to show this time. And I, I just, I lost interest. I gave up when it came back Again they, again, they were doing it like they released the first half of the first season or the first half of one season, and then there'll be a long break, and then they'll release the second half of the season. And when it came back for the second half of season 10, I, I was like, no, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm out. So I, I gave up on it. And then season 11 came out. I didn't see it at all. I saw an article, the headline for an article that popped up they told me that the season had finished. That they just they wrapped up The Walking Dead. They've done the last episode, and this is it. And the headline basically just it just read, "The Walking Dead sticks the land." The Walking Dead finale sticks the finale. Uh, sorry, the Walking Dead finale sticks the landing. And I was like, okay, all right. I love this show. I'm gonna go back in. I'm gonna catch up on the stuff from where I dropped off. I'm going to binge watch the entire thing and see if they are right, if that article is right. And I started. I started from where I left off. I just powered through some of those depressing episodes. And lucky I did because as soon as, like, there were maybe two or three of those episodes, and boom, it was back to what it was that I loved. They, they, it's, it's kind of like they finished covid they had, you know, managed to ride through that and just go, hey, we need to bring people back. People love these particular seasons because we combined action with um, with uh, character development and actual plot, right? That because that was what it was missing in those seasons that I started to like, not like it. They didn't have plot. They just focused on character development and it just focused on and the worst what annoyed me the most about the whole character development episodes a lot of the characters that they did character development for they would kill them off in the very next episode and it's like <laughs> what's the point why why have you just done an entire episode you had me sitting here for an hour watching about this character that i didn't care about before i now start to get the motivation understand what's happening and then kill off the character there's no it's ridiculous but they got rid of all of that they just said, you know what, we need to make sure we bring all our original fans back in with the original formula. And boy, did they do it. Season 11 is all killer, no filler. Works. Every single episode 
is intense. They you still have that, uh, and one of the problems, same thing that Game of Thrones had, right? One of the um, one of the things about Game of Thrones that was so fascinating was that it was one of those shows that didn't care how much you loved the character, they killed them off, right? So you had big actors, big name actors step in to do a role. And you think, oh, this guy's got a story arc. It's building up. They kill him, right? So you knew that about Game of Thrones. And that's one of the problems with Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones, you, you couldn't really latch on to particular characters. Walking Dead did that as well for a while, where you'd build up with a relationship with certain characters. Certain characters would become your favorite, and then they'd get bitten. And that sadness just kicked in. You felt what the others felt. But then it got to a point where they they got the fan favorites, and they're like, now nah, we can't kill these people. So they had plot armor, right? So that's one of the problems with it. Plot armor where you know this person is going to go into a, a, a shed full of zombies and it's going to be them that walks out. They still have that throughout season 11. But I forgave it for that because I was like, you know what? It's okay. As long as you kill off a number of people that I like, it's okay. Which they do. And then it comes and, and, and it ends. The finale is very well done. It is very, very well done. The article I was reading said it stuck the finale, but then jumped the shark with something straight afterwards, which I was intrigued to, to see that part. And I understand where the writer of that article came from. I can't remember who wrote the article, but that, that particular line, I understand why they said that, and on another day, I might be inclined to agree with them, but I think because I binged watched the show, I was so enamored with The Walking Dead, and I was so smitten by the way they had handled the finale that when that bit came up, it didn't turn me off. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I understand why you're doing this. You're saying this is the, the world is still there. So if at any point we ever want to come back and jump into it again, we always have that door open. So they kept that door open. It's a little schmaltzy, but I forgave it for that because boy, I was like, oh, and there's one scene at the very end as well. One of the characters, one of the longtime characters, you know, gets the 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 big finale, the goodbye, if you will. Like I said, they they hand off their plot armor, if you will. And he, I I there was a tiny little tiny little twinge I felt. There was like, okay, that that pulled my heartstrings right there. They did it very very well, and I really I I think Walking Dead came back, survived itself, and said, yep, yeah, you know what? We're cementing our place back as one of the best TV shows of all time. Game of Thrones messed that up, right? But The Walking Dead, in their final season, they came back and said, we want to fix all the issues we had before. And boy, did they do that. I really loved The Walking Dead um, final season. I thought it was fantastic. It had, it, it had what made the show great. It had tension. It had... Um, it, it, it developed the characters while moving the plot along, as opposed to just dedicating long episodes to no progression whatsoever. And I thought they did very well with that. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And uh, we're going to jump straight into Spotlight. Spotlight. <laughs> 
You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And on Spotlight this week, we're going to be discussing Apple TV's most popular TV shows at the moment. So uh, this this came about from a conversation producer Dave and myself were having where we were discussing what TV shows were we going to be watching. And I'm, I just, you know, we talked about, I've talked about earlier, I binge watched The Walking Dead, which was on Disney Plus and that finished and i always get this melancholy feeling every time i finish a tv show when i when the tv show ends when you watch the proper conclusion so started looking for new shows to jump into and then producer dave reminded me that i have an apple tv account so i got i went onto the apple tv app and they have a segment called most popular now so they've listed they've got 15 shows that they are listing as their popular they you know the top popular shows now just making just putting this into context these are all apple tv shows apple tv originals okay so you you can't get them anywhere else but on apple tv producer dave i know you've been raving about apple tv for a while um how many how how often do you pick up a show from apple tv i must admit i i i haven't always been going to Apple TV. I've got Apple TV, but I've also got Disney Plus and Disney Plus has got a wealth of shows. Yeah. And you tend to you tend to get drawn to the ones that you've been watching, especially if you started like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. And it's also got loads on its stars, but I've occasionally go back to Apple and there's one show in particular that I am watching on Apple, which I think is absolutely fantastic, which is called For All Mankind. It's brilliant it's absolutely fantastic i'll tell you what we, we might we might mention that tv show on the top 15 on uh, the top popular and so when we come to it i'll throw to you and you can tell us more about it so let's start let's start with uh let's start with number 15 right we'll go through we'll just give a brief synopsis and we'll see if you've heard of it or or not and move from there so the f- number 15 is called acapulco it's a comedy series uh, which is about a young Mexican man whose dream comes true when he gets a job of a lifetime at the hottest resort in Acapulco. But he soon realizes the job is far more complicated than he ever imagined. Now, I, I, this I, I haven't seen this film or this TV show, but I've I've seen some trailers for it, and it is if I if I understand from the trailers I've seen, I think it's more of a recap of this man's life right so it's it's this successful man who's talking to his his son and he's telling his son about when his dream came true about working this acapulco thing so you're seeing a flashback if you will kind of like um uh how i met your mother if you will Uh, and so so the the main show itself is set in acapulco in the 80s if there's a lot of there are a lot of pinks it's very vibrant colors reminiscent of uh, Jane the Virgin. It's got that type of feel about it, but it's called Acapulco and it's on Apple TV. It's number 15 most popular. Have you heard or seen Acapulco? I've seen the the list and I and from your description, when you said that, I instantly thought of How I Met Your Mother as well. Then I thought of um, the Goldbergs and Young Sheldon. It seems yeah. like a lot of shoulder, shows are going back to the 80s. Um, I might look at the trailer and have a, um, a gander at it, but uh, I have to say the trailers that Apple TV produce are really good. So we'll move on from Acapulco number 15, uh, number 15. We'll move on to number 14, which is 
trying. It is a comedy TV series. Uh, all the, the uh, synopsis goes: All Jason and Nikki want is a baby, but the one, but it's the one thing they can't have. So they decide to adopt with their dysfunctional friends, screwball family, and chaotic lives. Will the adoption panel think they're ready to be parents? So this is starring uh, Rafe Spall. You've seen him in things like, uh, oh, there's a, a number of things. Um, uh, what did I first see Rafe Spall in? Hold on. He's the son of um, the other Spall, isn't he? Uh, oh, oh. Timothy Spall? Tim yeah, Timothy Spall. He was, um, he was in the original Off Widders and Pet. Yes, Timothy Spall was in the original uh, and in the reboot as well. But yeah. um, Rafe Spall is in a lot of the. Uh, yes, that's he's a he's a, an Edgar Wright. He, he's an Edgar Wright stalwart. Cornetto movies, so um, Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. I believe he's in all three of them, and he's in a number of different things. He's in Life of Pi. You've seen him pop up at various points. Uh, Hot Fuzz. He's one of the two detectives uh, with the mustache. So it's him and Paddy Considine, uh, but he's he is very very funny uh, as well. So he's in that in that TV show. And there are a number of other British uh, comic TV actors that pop up: Phil Davis, uh, Darren Boyd, Ophelia Loverbond is in it as well. Haven't seen it. Um, Producer Dave, have you seen Trying? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Does it sound like something you might want to watch? It, it kind of doesn't appeal, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> now we'll move to the next one. The next one, which is number 13, is Severance. Uh, this is, uh, uh, it says, the uh, synopsis goes, this is drama and it's mystery. Mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. Now, this one I've started watching. I'm halfway through it. Oh, it's got Christopher Walken in it. Uh, it's uh, Adam Scott. You recognize him from Parks and Rec and a whole bunch of other stuff. Patricia Arquette is in it. John Turturro is in it. Uh, so uh, I'm just mentioning names. You probably don't recognize any of these names, but you see the faces and you'll know all these people. But the show, the premise is really, really, it's, it's really intense. It literally is a case where it starts off with Adam Scott, as character walk you see him walking into a building at the beginning of the very first episode he walk in, walks into a building he gets into a lift he's crying and by the time the lift stops and opens up you just see him perk up and it's like nothing whatever and he just walks into this thing and, he's, and he starts talking and it's that synopsis that basically it describes exactly what it is they have found a way to sever your memories you become a you don't even become a completely different person. You just become a blank slate, if you will, that is only tied to the work. While you're on your floor, while you're working, you have your memories about working and what's happening like the day before and so on. You remember all of that stuff that happens at work. But the moment you get in that elevator and you go downstairs, your memories of everything that's happened that very day just get banked and you don't, you can't access it. You're a completely different person back to your normal life and whatnot. And they explain it as well, uh, kind of like everybody knows that that's what happens in that company. So like a spy company, spies would use that perfectly because you could compartmentalize what you're doing. And watching it is just, you get to grips and you're, you're trapped. But if you, if you love crazy type mysteries, so if you love things like 
I, I wouldn't even go as far as calling it out there as like Twin Peaks. That was kind of one thing that popped into my head. But I wouldn't even go that far. It's Twin Peaks is absurd in a lot of the things it's doing. Severance isn't. Severance is pretty grounded in its rules. So you're following along and it's like, okay, no, no, okay, you've explained that away. That's absolutely fine. Obviously, they don't really explain the mechanism behind how they're doing it, but you understand what they're doing. You see what I mean? Um, and it, it's got gr like great reviews. I'm halfway through it. Um, but yeah, I still want to go check it out. Does this sound like, is this something you've seen, heard of? Is it something that you, it sounds like you might want to go check it out? Oh, no, this is something I'm going to check it out. This is on my uh, list to watch. Oh, okay, okay. It's just been getting nonstop great reviews. It's called uh, Severance. It's on Apple TV. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And this is where I'll turn to producer Dave for number two, For All Mankind. Tell us what this show is about. Oh, this is fantastic. Walk for All Mankind is a reimagining of the history of the uh, space race. Imagine this. In 1969, the first man lands on the moon and he is Russian. That is the whole premise. And it's start, it kicks off this space race where the Americans are in catch-up mode. So the next thing that happens is uh, a woman lands on the moon. The first woman from Russia lands on the moon and Americans are still ca make, playing catch up. And this is all in the first series. And it's set in 1969, late 60s, uh, going into the early 70s. And the Americans then want to have someone on the moon. Then they want to have a woman on the moon as well. And they, but they definitely want to have the first manned uh, base on the moon. They want to beat the Russians at this as well. And they also want to find water on the moon. And it's all the machinations that take place going up to that. It's President Nixon. There's no Watergate in this in this series. They've just pushed that to one side. President Nixon is pushing it forward and he's turning around and saying, you must do this and you must do that and you must get there first and we've got to beat the Russians at this. There's been four series. I'm still on series one, which is the 60s, but each one goes through a different decade. And it posits that because the Americans lost the race to the moon, it galvanizes them to get to Mars first. Oh, okay. And it basically is saying, if the Americans hadn't been the first on the moon, would we have already reached to Mars? That's the, that's the that's the premise behind it. Would that's we have cool. reached Mars if we if the Americans hadn't been the first to moon? I'm I'm definitely because I remember you talked about it last time. I'm definitely putting it on my list of things to watch. Uh, it is. Um, is called For All Mankind. It's drama on Apple TV. And it's number 12 most popular at the moment. Uh, obviously, the list may change based on my watching patterns. So who knows? Uh, I may jump on there and all of a sudden it just goes. It's gone for four seasons as well. And it's sol it got solid, solid ratings and, and, yeah. and really, really well well, uh, well received. And it's um, Noel Kinnaman. It's Kinnaman? Kinnaman. Joel yes. Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Joel, Joel Kinnaman. Uh, yes. He stars in it. Uh, it. Excellent. It really is a really good drama. You're not, it's not only NASA, you also see the lives of the astronauts. And uh, one of the episodes is dedicated to a woman, um, Bernadette uh, M. Cobb, who went through all the training with NASA to become an astronaut. But yeah. because of 
the social mores of the time, they didn't take any women on to be astronauts. And she she would it, she is acknowledged that she would have been um, the first if she okay. if it happened. So um, yeah, it's one of the episodes is dedicated to her. It's really 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 good. Really really all good. right. All right, so that's number that's number twelve. We'll move on to number eleven. Almost about to crack the top ten. And number eleven, uh, number eleven is called Blackbird. It is a mini series uh, starring Taron Egerton. You know him from Kingsman and from the Sing movies and whatnot. Uh, it's got it's got a number of faces you recognize: Taron Egerton, uh, Joel, Kin um, I'm sorry, Greg Kinnear, uh, and a whole bunch of other people. You've anyway, it's a it's a crime drama. It's apparently a biopic as well, not biopic, but it's based on a true story. Jimmy Keane is sentenced to 10 years in a minimum security prison, but he cuts a deal with the FBI to befriend a suspected serial killer. Keane has to elicit a confession from Larry Hall to find the bodies of as many as 18 women. It's got Ray Liotta in it as well. Um, and, and it's just, it, it, I've seen the adverts for it and I'm like, I, I, prison dramas or prison um, pr prison crime, you know, mysteries. I really, anything that's to do with prison, really, I really, really enjoy. I, I love watching Oz, um, uh, but prison dramas, I do enjoy watching them. Uh, it's it's just it's just the fact that someone's trapped in an environment that they can't get out of. How do they survive? How do they deal with animals around them and so on? And this one is uh, is based on a book by Dennis Lehane. Oh, Dennis Lehane is the correct creator. I, some of some of his projects pop into my head. I can't can't grab it, but I always, I'm thinking American Crime. But anyway, the trailers look very uh, like moody and. I think you imagine something that Dave Fincher would have directed. That's what I'm thinking. Taron Egerton, I've, I love everything Taron Egerton does, as in I, I, I can never fault any of his performances in anything that he's done. So I think he's fantastic. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely, it's on my list of things to watch. I probably will watch it in a couple of weeks' time after I've binge-watched a number of other stuff that I, I wanted to see. Producer Dave, have you heard of or have you seen Blackburn? No, I haven't. And uh, yeah, that was a new one on me. I, I don't mind prison drama, so I might have a I look, I look at the trailers and see where I'll go from there. Excellent. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on uh, Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we are talking the top popular or the most popular shows and films on uh, on Apple TV at the moment. This is their own list. So they've curated this list themselves. Obviously, the list may change the next time you see it. But as of today, as of this week, the most popular top 15, we've just gone through the list. We're now breaking the top 10. And at number 10 is, oh, I don't know why this show isn't higher because it's three seasons. I've We, we locked in and boy, this show did not disappoint. It is called C. Jason Momoa, uh, Dave Bautista. It, it, the show is set in, uh, it, this is the synopsis. It's an action sci-fi drama. Uh, it is set in the far dystopian future where the human race has lost the sense of sight and society has had to find new ways to interact, build, hunt, and survive. All of that is challenged when a set of twins are born with sight. Now, just adding a little bit uh, to that synopsis, 
um, the, the, in the world of C, the, they've built this whole mythology around the fact that people who can see are evil, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a case where a whole bunch of people believe that there is nobody that can see anyway, that anyone who's saying they can see is, a, is lying and whatnot, um, because they understood that you know, in the past, people who could see, it was because of the gift of sight that caused the downfall of man, which is why they believe that if there is anyone that can see, they are evil and must be put to death. So they've, they've configured their lives around not being able to see because they can't. But the very first episode is, you see this, this character is giving birth to twins. And you just know that, that obviously from the synopsis, those twins are going to grow up to be people who can see. Jason Momoa plays Baba Voss. And I'll, 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 I'll put it this way. He just played, Baba Voss is just Jason Momoa. <laughs> is what we expect of Jason Momoa. So think him in Aquaman. Think him in, uh, what was the other one? Game uh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones, thank you. Game. So, so that's the Jason Momoa character we're talking about. He, he does, every now and again, he will do like a tiny little project where he strays from that formula. And whenever he strays, he kind of goes more the comedic route, which I still find him funny in that anyway. But his main stock in trade is this guy, right? This big, giant monster of a warrior, right? Uh, he's, he's silent, but when he talks, he, he, he talks mo mostly in grunts sometimes. Uh, and it's just when, when he's lethal when he's fighting. So that three shows, honestly, it is, I don't know why it's not high on this list. And it, for me, it is top 10 favorite TV show. I, I'm, I'm not putting it as high as top five. The top three, top, top three always remain the same. It's always Firefly, then The Wire, and oof, I, I, Moonlighting. I'm going to go with Moonlighting as number three. So those three never change. Firefly, The Wire, Moonlighting. Top four, you know, number four or five, they tend to change. And from six to 10, that's where C will sit in because I'll happily go back and watch it again. Sorry, I apologize. I'm going to bump Moonlighting to four and five because Ted Lasso pops in as number three because I will happily watch that. <laughs> After this conversation, I'm going to go back and watch Ted Lasso again because it is great. Anyway, that is C. It's number 10. Of yes, I've watched that. Yeah, I've watched that as well. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> No, no, I haven't finished it yet. No, no, no. But my, I was impressed because, in, like you said, in the first episode with with the birth, there's also a war, and the way they managed that, I was like really impressed. So yeah, yeah, mm. it's one that I'm watching as well. One that I have to come back to. I've watched that show. That I've I've watched the first three episodes of that show three times now. The reason why I'm saying I watched it three times. Uh, is because I watched, I started watching it on my own at first. I watched up to episode six, but because a whole bunch of other stuff came in, I stopped. I didn't watch it for about six months to a year. And then, you know, we brought it back up saying, you know, let's find new shows. And I was like, well, this is interesting. I, I started watching it. I haven't finished watching it. So we started watching it again, binge watched the entire three seasons. And then after that, and season three, we, we caught up to season three when season three was just starting with a couple of ep episodes. And I, oh, I was so happy that we caught it at that time because it was being released episodically every week. 
at the same on the same day um she-hulk was being was dropping its episodes so <laughs> we watch she-hulk and get really like ugh, and feel dirty for having watching she-hulk and then we'll be like let's cleanse by watching see and i kid you not the first five minutes of every episode of c cleanse completely because you watch it like that is how you do dialogue that is how you do strong female characters that is how you move plot along it is it's like ah you know season three is the last season don't you yeah of course it's only three seasons that and they ended the show perfectly it is the way it ended was like yes because if they want to do a spin-off they can still come back and do a spin-off. It won't be as good because certain characters won't return. Um, not mentioning which characters, but certain characters won't return. And so the show won't be as good. But I'm still here for it. If it comes back, I'm still here for it. Anyway, that's C, number 10. Let's move on to number nine, which is The Mosquito Coast. Um, this is a, a it's a, okay, it is a oof, TV series. It's got one season. Haven't heard much about this one. Uh, it's an adventure drama thriller series. It follows the dangerous journey of a radical idealist and brilliant inventor, Ali Fox, who uproots his family from Mexico when they suddenly find themselves on the run from the US government. So it doesn't give you much to go with. Um, it was created by Neil Cross. It stars Justin Theroux. You probably know him from, oh, what was that show? um where people just disappeared um left the leftovers that's that's the show so uh, justin through is in the leftovers but he's also in this show called uh the, the mosquito coast i've not heard much about it so i don't know but obviously it's popular if it's number nine if it's beating c then what the hell but i don't know i'm gonna go watch c and um c again i'm gonna tell a whole bunch of people to watch c so that c can or maybe actually i don't know i'm not i don't know let me watch the mosquito coast because i may like it and then think yeah it deserves its place so <laughs> let me do that i'm gonna watch it and if it is if it's deserving i'm gonna say okay fine it's deserving but if it's not i'm gonna binge watch c so much that it's gonna push it out of the top 10 <laughs> shouldn't be there anyway um let's move swiftly on number eight is a comedy called uh, mythic quest now, Mythic Quest is one I like. Um, I, is it top 10 in terms of what I've seen so far? I like it. It's comedy. It's good. Uh, it, it's, it's the owner of a successful video game design company. And it's, it's about the owner of a successful video game company and his troubled staff who struggle to keep their hit game, Mythic Quest, on top. So it, it, it's from, if, you, if you've seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia... It's from the same people who did that show. So you've got Charlie Day who created it, which uh, is created by Charlie Day, Megan Gantz, and Rob McKelney. Mel Rob McKelney is this, the guy who partnered up with Ryan Reynolds to buy Wrexham. And if you're on Disney+, Plus, they have a, a show called Welcome to Wrexham, which is a documentary following them owning this Welsh cup, um, football club in real life, right? Um, but Rob McKelney, is, he stars in this one, as the owner of this um, video game company, as an owner, he's not the owner. He's a they say owner, but he's not. It's he's a creative director uh, on this. So the show is mainly about him 
and his head or his co-creative um, director who are trying to make this this game called Mythic Quest, which if you were to imagine uh, something like, I want to say Fortnite, but more, no, what was the other one? Um, the one with magic and everything else in it. Um, oh, War, World of Warcraft. Yeah, so imagine World of Warcraft, which is an on, online um, game about, you know, like where you can go and be characters and, you know, go and fight mythic wars and battles and and you know quests and all like mythic quests that's what it is so that, so you never really get to see the, the game itself although they have snippets of the game and sometimes it does you know play is as part of what's going on in the actual storyline but it's more about him his crew and them just trying to get along while ian who's played by rob McKelney, is just this egomaniac uh, as he carries on with it. It's funny. It, I know I'm not describing it. I'm not doing it much justice. It is funny. Um, it's, not, it's not Ted Lasso funny, but it's funny. It's, funny. it's not, it, it's, it's not, it's, 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 you know, entertaining. It's, thank you. It's entertaining. It is entertaining. I, which is why I'm saying, it, does it really need to be top 10? I probably wouldn't put it top 10, but it's, it's okay. Have you heard of Mythic Quest before, Bruce David? No, I haven't. But some of these might be top 10 simply because they've been released recently and people are, are binging it now, if you see what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, um, Mythic Quest uh, Season 3 just came out. So that may be the reason why it's been pushed up. It was renewed for two more seasons. Um, I, we don't know if it's going to stop at Season 4, but if Season 3 is just is out at the moment. Season 4 is not out yet. It's going to be released later on in the year. Um, but anyway, that's Mythic Quest. I enjoy it. Uh, number seven is uh, The Morning Show. This stars Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Billy Kudrup, um, and it, oh, what's the, the, the guy from the American office? Uh, what's his name? Steve Carell. That's it, Steve Carell. So it's a comedy or it's a comedy drama. It's, it's The synopsis is the inside look at the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the men and women who carry out this daily televised ritual. So that is basically about uh, a morning TV show um, and, and the characters behind it. I've never seen an episode of it. Um, have you heard about it? Have you seen an episode? What I've think? heard about it. And apparently it's um, very, very, very well rated and also won Emmys, I think it has. Um, I, I'm... I've got it on my to watch list to, to watch a couple of episodes to see if it's as good as they say. And they say Jenny Farniston plays a really, really good role in it. Have you noticed that um, most of the Apple TV shows have got some real heavyweights behind them? Inside? Oh, yeah, of course, because um, Apple TV are trying to beat Netflix and Disney Plus and whatnot. So they're, they're pushing they're, trying, they're pushing a lot of money towards getting that kind of content. On, onto onto streaming, right? So yeah, they, they they've got TV, they've got films with um, Chris Evans and a whole bunch of other people on there as well. So you know, I mean, they they're still not packing the same kind of punch Netflix or Disney have, but hey, they're coming up with some good stuff. And as you said, they're winning Emmys, right? So um, where they but they still haven't reached that Oscar contention. Stage. But it might do with um, Emancipation, which is coming out yes, very, you are very shortly. Right? Yes, the Will Smith comeback movie right so you're absolutely right so that's i think that's one of the their the tactics they want to they want to swing big so let's see let's see what happens you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus e akko and i'm producer dave 
Uh, and we're going through uh, Apple TV's most popular TV shows at the moment on their app. Um, we're now at number six. We'll rattle on from six all the way down to number one. Six is Slow Horses. It is a drama thriller. Uh, it is following a team of British intelligence agents who serve as the dumping ground department of MI5 due to their career ending mistakes. It's got some big names here. It's got Gary Oldman. He's one of the, he's the lead actor. It's got Kirsten Scott Thomas in it uh, and a whole bunch of other people as well. Uh, just yeah, Freddie Fox is in it. Uh, number of the, you see these recognizable faces uh, from British TV. Sophie Oken, uh, Okenode, Okonedo. I keep, I always mess her name up. Um, uh, but yeah, so she's, she's in it. A whole bunch of faces you'd recognize when you're watching it. Um, I've seen it being advertised. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I may put it further on in my list, but it kind of seems like it's funny, kind of like spooks, but funnier, if you know what I mean. Uh, Producer Dave, have you heard of um, Slow Horses? Do you have any interest in watching it at all? I'll have a look at the uh, trailer and see, but no, I haven't heard of it so far. Okay. Fair enough. We'll move on. Then. Um, the next one is on the list, and this one I know it's, as uh, I know, I haven't seen it. Um, it kind of supports your theory that it's being it's on the top list because it's just been released. This is uh, um, I'm, I'm going to take my time to pronounce this Shantaram Shantaram, which is action adventure crime. It says Lindsay, Australian character, sentenced to long. So oh, whoever wrote this IMDb synopsis needs to be shot. Lindsay, Australian character, sentenced to a long, harsh prison term after life, a prison term after life spirals out of control. He escapes and makes his way to Bombay, befriended by a Prabaker. By a twist of fate, Lynn ends up in Prabaker's slum. Okay, that tells me nothing about this. Uh, and that's the reason why I've seen I've seen an advert for it, and it's mainly Charlie Hunnam's narration. You know Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy? Um, he's also, what else was he in? He was in something, King Arthur, um, Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Um, he hasn't had much in the way of success since Sons of Anarchy, um, but hey, who knows? This might be the, the big leap. Although I, I, I suspect after a couple of months, this is probably going to drop because I do not see this being as successful, even from the trailer. I don't see it being as successful as any of the others that we talked about. C needs to go higher up on the list. This, this is this is number five. Come on, what are people doing? Anyway, have you heard of this show, Shantaram? No, I haven't. But I'll have a look at the trailer. Um, Charlie Hunnam was in. Uh, well, he was originally supposed to be in Shade of Shade of Grey, wasn't he? The, yes. He the, the backlash <laughs> as soon as he, as soon as he was announced in um, um, what you call it, Fifty Shades of Grey. The number of fans who had said he's not my Christian Grey and he was like oh sorry I've got to drop out because of uh, filming commitments like right no you you made the right choice otherwise you would have been killed by some desperate anyway doesn't matter so that's Shantaram's number five on Apple TV's uh, most popular now number four is Bad Sisters come back to the UK well, or maybe Ireland actually uh, it's a comedy drama thriller series following the Garvey sisters who are bound together by the death of their parents and a promise to always protect each other. So it's got uh, some, some recognizable faces on there. Sharon Horgan, um, uh, Eve Hewson, 
Again, these names might not pop out to you, but you'd recognize them as soon as you see them. Brian Gleason, he's funny. I've seen him in some stuff as well. Um, Clay's Bang, who is uh, in Dracula. They just came out on a BBC recently. He's in it as well. So yeah, a number of different funny faces. I haven't seen it yet, uh, it, but it is relatively recent. So um, it's one season. Have you heard of or seen the show Bad Sisters? Uh, I've heard of it. But I've not seen it, so okay. I'll check. I'll check out the trailer. All right, we'll see. Uh, all right, so we we'll jump to number three, which is Echo Three, which this I've never heard of at all. Uh, but it's got Luke Evans in it. It's action drama thriller. When Amber goes missing along the Colombia Venezuela border, her brother and husband, her brother and her husband, not, <laughs> not brother and husband. Uh, her brother and her husband struggle to find her against the backdrop of a secret war. So uh, it looks promising. It looks, it, it is action packed. Um, soldiers going to war. It's uh, from the writer of Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. So, you know, the action is going to be uh, intense. Um, have you seen this one? Um, no, I haven't oh. seen this one. Um, I'll, I'll, again, check the trailer. All right. Number two, this one's definitely popular because of the time of the year and the people in it. It's spirited. It is uh, with Will Ferrell and Colin, I'm sorry, not Colin Farrell. I keep wanting to say Colin Farrell. Uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, this one is a movie. It is basically the musical version of a Charles, of the Charles Dickens story. Um, uh, yeah, whatever, a Christmas story that is, uh, of a miserly misanthrope who is taken on a magical journey. So I think the Bill Murray, uh, what was the Bill Murray one? Where well, it's Christmas just, Carol, isn't it? Yeah, Christmas Carol, that's it, yes. Christmas Carol, not Christmas Story. Um, but there is a Bill Murray version. Yeah, Scrooge. Is, Scrooge, that's one, yes. Um, so this is the same kind of thing, except Ryan Reynolds is playing the Bill Murray character or the Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge character. Um, I want to see it because I, I'll watch anything Ryan Reynolds does. Uh, Will Ferrell, I'll watch most things he does, and uh, I kind of like some of the adverts I've seen of it. And then number one, of course, reigning supreme. It's number, third, uh, number three on my favorite TV shows of all time. It's number one most popular right now, Ted Lasso. I We've talked about Ted Lasso. It's uh, about this uh, American football coach who comes over to the UK because he is hired to uh, manage the fictional Richmond football team. Uh, in the Premier League, uh, but there are nefarious reasons as to why he's being hired, but it is just a brilliant show. Three seasons, or well, two seasons at the moment, third season is coming out pretty soon. Love the show. I can't rave any more about it, otherwise I'm sure they'll hire me on their stuff, which I would not say no to. Anyway, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank you all very much for taking the time to listen to me ramble and listen to producer Dave talk about some of his favorite shows at the moment. I also want to thank uh, Resonance FM for letting us ramble and use their airwaves to talk nonsense. Keep doing it, um, and we'll keep coming in and doing this more and more often. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Mar I have been Marcus E. Akko. I'm still producer Dave. Then thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.